Have you been able to reach Carpentaria? Anything at all? No, ma'am. I've been trying for a while, but there's still no response. Picking up numerous heat sources. Distance 20 ahead. <sighs> Looks like an Earth Forces fleet, ma'am. Four Spangler class, eight Donilov class, and about ten small to mid-sized vessels as well, ma'am. <gasps> They're spreading out to port and starboard. What? And welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode episode Gundam Seed podcast that now has to watch Destiny. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler. And my name is Zach. And today we're going to watch episode 12, Blood in the Water, phase 12. I call them phases on this podcast. But yeah, I don't know why they're called phases, but I, I guess to differentiate them. What's Reason. funny is Crunchyroll is like episode 12, phase 12. I think they're called, like, animals in Jew Ranger. It's like Animal 1, the kingdom <laughs> of animals. <laughs> Animal 2, that one lizard one, but not it's not actually a lizard, it's about a lizard. That's the actual title. So Tyler, a question I asked you all the time when we, watched Gu- Gu- when we were watching Gundam Seed, because I cared, but have not so much asked with Destinies, what do you think of the series so far? Um, honestly, it's had some pacing problems, but other than that, it's actually pretty good. The animation on a lot of the fight sequences has been, like, fantastic. And spoiler, we're going to get a lot of that this week. Yeah, I'm into that. I think they are now starting to do the character development that we really needed more of earlier in the show. Definitely not my favorite show overall, but it's not as bad as I was fearing it would be, at least out of the gate. So where do you think it's going, other than off a cliff, because we keep telling you that, and pretending you hadn't heard us say that a thousand times in your life? I don't know anything about the plot, though, so and I, I assume that's more what you're getting at anyway. Yeah. That's a good question. I'm still trying to decide what Roanoke's plan in all this is, because he's definitely got some Joker vibes, but I feel like just pulling another row is not the best idea. Also, I know who he is, but also he has amnesia, right? Or something? Yeah, more or less. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out what Roanoke's game is. I'm still trying to figure out what Durundle's game is. Do you have a guess on Durundle? Like I said, I've been trying to figure out whether he's sincere about the whole world peace thing or not. And I'm thinking maybe he is, but I'm not sure what means he's trying to accomplish that through. So I'm thinking that maybe they're both just like doomsday weapons pointed at each other. Roanoke really wants to get rid of the plants. Durundle really wants to get rid of Earth and are working from behind the scenes to make that happen. Uh, Let's go with that interpretation for now. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, Also, Millie is photographing wars, you know. I do know that. We Uh, saw it last episode. (laughs) Might have been two ago by now. Yeah, I think it's two ago. Um, I mean, clearly she's going to be a main player in this heavy political game. Size there, too, somewhere. <laughs> Senor Argyle. Oh, no. I'm not sure where the plot is headed right now. I feel like Shin needs to, like, have the coming to grips with, you know, sometimes you need to have, have a war thing and stand for your ideals. Like, eventually, I think he's going to develop some ideals and then fight for them. So I think I got Shin's character arc figured out, hopefully. I'm not sure where Athrun's going to go. He already had a character arc. Yeah. And what about Kira? I feel like Kira's just going to get back in the saddle. I mean, he kind of went through his character arc already. Um, maybe second time's the charm. Maybe he just won't go into a funk at the end of this one. I mean, Lacus never really had a character arc, but she's just been awesome the entire time. She was briefly sad her dad was dead. That is true. It's not really an arc. 
Yeah, it, it's more like a, a character beat. I'm hoping Kigali, like, punches Yuna in the face at some point. Does that happen? <sighs> so, if you're new here... <laughs> well, that's sad. The story of Gundam Seed Destiny is that Gundam Seed happened, and then two years passed. And now there are three boys. A very angry boy, a very sad boy, and a very sangry boy. This week, we focus on angry boy. Oh, is Shin angry? Oh, that's right, because Athrun is the sangry boy. Yes. Okay. Does Kira ever become sangry over the course of this? Yes, I think so. Okay. Anywho. He doesn't really do a lot of fury. Even when he's in, like, righteous mode, Kira doesn't really get angry. Yeah, he doesn't even get righteous fury. Like, he just... got a little angry at Rao, but it was not really... It was more like, hey, can you please stop being a dick? Please don't kill my ex-girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I just listened to Lacus' new album, Please Stop Killing Each Other EP. Anyway, the angry boy was stuck in the neutral nation he hates that made him angry, because that's where his family died. And now he and his best friend Ray the Barrel and pink-haired girl Lunamaria are leaving on their giant jet plane, the Minerva. <laughs> Big old jet airliner. Meanwhile, behind them, Kigali is fighting with her fiancé, question mark? One of her two fiancés. The <laughs> crappy one. Her multiple fiancés. About the fate of her nation. Her fiancopodies. Yeah. And Atherin is in space with sexy Lacus Klein. Not to be confused with Lacus Klein. And Space Char. <laughs> trying to decide if he wants to take the sweet new Gundam that Space Char is offering him. Who is distinct from Roanoke, who is wearing a mask and wearing red like he is a Char? Yeah, Space Char is not a Char, to be clear. <laughs> He's the Randall. But he is Space Char. Yeah. Who is not a Char. Okay. Do we have any other Chars in this one? No. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> not currently. That's what I'm asking. Asterisk. Okay. Do we currently have any other Chars right now? The Facebook status would say it's complicated. Okay. There might be a secret Char. <laughs> which is not as good as a secret Santa. Uh, hey, I think we have very different standards. They do wear the same amount of red. Yo, ho, ho, and a bu Okay, so, pitch, hypothetical pitch, nothing to do with the show. Pirate Santa. Yeah. Yo, ho, ho, and his belly the shook like a barrel of rum. The problem is Viking Santa's right there. Oh, that's fair. And, and Santa's already a Viking. Now, if there's the League of Super Santas, definitely Pirate Santa and Viking Santa. Don't oh, yeah. Wrong. Yeah, for sure. Because Viking Santa is just Odin. Yeah. Um, and I'm okay with that. But if you have to pick one Santa, I don't think you can pick. See, my mom has a bunch of 60s, like, ornaments, and one of them is Pirate Santa. So you say Pirate Santa, and that just sounds right to me. I'm like, yeah, Pirate Santa. Obviously. Yeah. Well, mostly just because I wanted him to go yo-ho-ho yo as like, his Christmas greeting. It's like if you say Luau Santa. I'm like, yeah, obviously. Luau Santa. Luau Santa? Like, sound the Luau. He's got a little okay. banjo and a grill. Yeah, no, okay, I can see that. Um, I was always a fan of the, like, Magus Santas that are, like, just spindly old men with magic wizard powers. I mean, yeah, that's a pretty standard Santa. I feel like it's not, really? I Maybe don't know. Not. Gilbert Gottfried Santa. I feel like I should know this name. Uh, he's an actor. Yeah, I he's an Iago in Aladdin. Oh, that guy. That guy, okay. He's play he voiced Santa in the Great Adventures of Billy and Mandy Christmas special. Okay. The problem is I always get them confused with Danny DeVito because they do sound similar when they're trying to character voice. All right. It's not even almost Christmas, so. Yep. Now we still got a while to go. Actually, a very, very while, depending on when this episode comes out. So so let's watch episode 12. Again, I did it. So let's watch phase 12, Blood in the Water. We begin with Last Time on Gundam Seed, which I already did. Featuring the shark tank. As they was Rundle was like, self-defense is good and we're going to do it. And military guy was like, I am... Mildly disgruntled by this. 
but my mustache cannot express my dismay. I do like the scene where they're loading up into the drop pods. It's so cool. Yeah, those are cool drop pods. I like them. Kigali's having an existential crisis about the future of her country versus her morals versus her country's morals versus Yuna's stupid face. Uh, but Yuna's face is like, I have control of the board and this round of secret Hitler, and we are joining the alliance. <laughs> Behold, as I play this fascist policy. <laughs> and Shin's like, I am angry at your nation for doing dumb things, Kigali. And she's like, me too, bro. Big mood. And he's like, shoulder check. And she's like, hey, that was rude, Shin. <laughs> And Ray's like, I'm so sorry for this guy. I just, <laughs> I'm so sorry. And then we get the opening. I mean, it's still pretty good. Yep, only one more episode for this opening. I love that Birdie is featured in literally every opening. Did we ever comment on that? No, you have now. But why? Why is Birdie? So is Haro. No, Haro's are fine. They're like the, seri- they're the, the series franchise mascot. mascot. But Birdie is the seed mascot. He's mascot 2.0 for a new sexier generation. <laughs> More streamlined. More bishy than a Haro. <laughs> hey, I don't know what you're into, but hey, Haro's pretty round. Yes. Have we seen the missile pack yet? We yeah. have. Okay. He used it in space. Okay. Space. It was like the second one he used, I think. Technically, it was the third one he used, because he uses the sword and the force in the first battle. Okay, I couldn't remember. Do Shin and Kira ever fight like they do in the opening? Stay tuned. That sounds like probably yes. Do Athrun and Kira kill each other again? Twice. Because it's destiny. Anyway, we open on orbit over Earth with the announcement of Operation Spear of Twilight. Because Zap knows how to name their spear operations. I mean, that is actually, I like the, I like the name. It's, it's kind of over the Remember top. that one time that Twilight wielded a spear? Well, yeah, I mean. That was her horn, I guess? It was actually Twilight was a spear, oh. so it was the spear of Twilight. Okay, I see what. Oh, you're... I was t- I was thinking about a, in a, an instance in, the, in season eight. <laughs> was that an actual thing? I mean, uh, I feel like that series ran for long enough. I think she actually gets a spear in the movie, but I've not seen that one yet. Which movie? The one where they awkwardly turn into anthropomorphic? No, there's movies? actually a, there's, there's actually, actually a movie. five of those movies, and all of them involve one of the girls turning into a Satan that the others have to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> no, they actually made a an act like a movie that wasn't one of those. Okay. I say friendship is magic, but so is hatred. So they're going to drop a bunch of Zakus to support pushing the Earth Force's fleet away from their terrestrial bases. And they're basically like, well, there's no one there. We're going to do it for realsies this time. I love these guys in balaclavas in the Zakus. Like, why are they wearing face masks under the masks? In case any space gets in so they don't breathe in the space. That, that I assumed it was just to make them nameless because we don't care about these people. Or literally faceless. Then we get to see those cool drop pods finally drop. And we see that Earth Force's aircraft carriers just loaded up with daggers. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of them. I do like the way they just stand on it. Like, these have just... They're regular aircraft carriers that they've just thrown a bunch of <laughs> mobile suits on top because of. they can do a standing takeoff, so they don't even need the runway. Well, it's not like they would have had a lot of time in order to build specific carriers for them, given that it's only been two years. So, in this particular frame, I pause it on. We get some like battle babble, and I don't even understand what this is supposed to mean. Scramble descent alarm. Activate Garfield antenna. Well, you gotta alarm the descents. You gotta let Garfield know. I'm sorry, John. Anyway, the Earth Forces are like, oh no, it's a Zaft. And the drop pods look the same as they did in Seed, but they look much better with Zaku's coming out of them. And I really like that we get a shot of Carpentaria base, and there's some really well-drawn 
takeoffs of some Zaf mobile suits. And on the base, there are only the old models from Seed. They have to airdrop in the new ones from space. Which I is really like that touch. I love seeing those dins take off, too. Just, oh, it's a nice effect. But mostly, it's just like the quality of animation in those like 10 frames of it like springing up. It's completely unnecessary, and I love it. Also, the daggers taken off is pretty nice. I didn't realize those were necessarily daggers. Well, though. the color like, scheme is slightly different. Um, the heads are slightly different. Than previous daggers is. And they've got those cool jetpacks for flying in the sky. I really like the predominantly blue daggers that they show in here. I agree. I, th- I think they're probably my favorite daggers of the series thus far. Maybe. I don't know. There was that one dagger L we ranked early on, which it was pretty cool. Anyway, we cut to the orb war room. Like I hear it's a fast ship, so it's evading our turbo lasers. Anyway, Yuna's here, and he's like, have we completed the preparations? He's like, uh, yeah, sir. It's like, excellent. What happened to your voice? I had something stuck in my throat. Meanwhile, the Minerva's about to get out of orb territory, and they're like, oh, man, I wonder how it's going at Carpentaria. Hey, Mayron, have you done anything useful? And she's like, no, ma'am, I can't get a hold of them. I'm sorry, I'm not a main character. I can't plot through the antenna. But then other guys like, numerous heat sources detected. Distance 20. They're ahead of us. At, at least it's not behind us. It's a tarp. So does this guy ever get a name? No. Okay. He's just other ops guy. He's a guy who sits across from Mayron. Everyone's surprised by this and looks towards him as he announces, it's an Earth Forces fleet. So these are distinctly green. Zach and I were having a discussion while we were watching this earlier, and they have a bunch of red arrows in front of them and a bunch of green arrows behind them. And we'll come back to this in a second. And they're like, oh no, it's a bunch of the exact same ship, except I, actually they're like... There are four different, different kinds of ships. Two of them were the same, I think. The first two. There are two There's different classes, and they say a number of small. Dude has some mega-sized also. binoculars. Well, that's so you know he's the captain. Like, this dude's binoculars are freaking massive. <laughs> you know what? He's an amateur astronomer when he's not in battle. I, I was going to say a bird watcher. <laughs> he's looking for seabirds, though. So these are more specialized carriers because they have little bays for the. They're specifically formable suits. Yeah. Which, quite honestly, that would be a really bad idea because it's really low to the water. <laughs> Although, if they just have, like, a couple vents at the bottom of it, like, that's how subs stay afloat. So. I don't think it's a terrible Those are idea. Speci- the, the, the vents, though, for the subs are specifically in a couple of flood chambers that they have. That's on board the actual ship. That's not watertight. Yeah, you don't know how it's designed. You haven't been in the hull of one of these weirdly specific carriers. How do you know I haven't? Yeah, that's true. I'm making assumptions. So there's an orb fleet behind them that's also spreading out. And they've got some cool estrays with jetpacks on them. Again, just standing on there, which does look cool. Makes it look like they're guarding them. We see the turrets turning to aim right at them. And Arthur's like, why would they do that? And Gladys is like, well, come on, use your brain, Arthur. We're not welcome back there. That's what this is all about. We're boned. So now we come back to the radar, and the green circles are slowly turning more red, which I find hilarious. They're not kind of a kind of neutralish yellow. Those damn dirty neutrals. You never know where you stand with them. If I don't survive this, tell my wife hello. It's like, well, I guess we're being offered up as a gift, even though they haven't officially signed the treaty yet. <laughs> they certainly know how to play dirty. And then she like gets mad at herself for saying that. And is like, well, talking about what's fair isn't going to get us out of this. Prepare for combat. Well, Lower I, my combat bridge. Well, I the, get the combat level. I get the feeling it's more, it's not about uh, getting mad at herself. More of like, I just that's frustrated. Not, yeah, it, I'm frustration and it's like, that's not really important right now. What is important is getting us through this. I will say this particular scene of her, I think is the most adorable thing. 
Just like she, I don't know. So, something about the way she's animated here. I'm like, I just thought it was really cute. Anyway, they were upgrading to condition red. And she's like, hey, Arthur, we're in the atmosphere. You understand how atmosphere, right? And he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, atmosphere. I, I kind of wish we got more from Arthur as to understand, like, what exactly she's talking about. And I will never not hate the Minerva's, like, levitating and lowering bridge. It is I colossally stupid. don't understand the purpose of it's it. It's just a whole bunch of extra moving parts that you wouldn't need if you didn't have something that dumb. If it's a safer location for the bridge, why not just have built the bridge in a safer location in the first yeah, place? Yeah, why have it go up and down? Because like, they that were 90% through building it, and they're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> also, that's a bunch of wasted space. What do they do with that space otherwise? Because we do see in this episode that there are still guys down there. <laughs> just squish. And then Shin, like, all the pilots are getting aboard an elevator, and Shin's like, why is it red? And they're like, why the hell do you think? Like, we're not in a combat zone or right next to a combat zone or anything. Well, and Lunamari is angry. Like, I don't know. Why are you asking me about this? I don't know. So I'm looking at all the characters drawn in their flight suits, and I think they might be a little off model in some of these frames because I'm pretty sure Lunamaria grew a giraffe neck. <laughs> eh, he's fine. She's just pouty. All coordinators get that way when they're pouty. That's just something that happens with coordinators. Anyway, the Minerva's scrambling, and they're like, ah, we got, it's like right get, in front of yeah. us, get into your damn suits. Get everybody ready, we're we're in trouble. They got four carriers, a bunch of battleships, some smaller ships, orbs behind us. <laughs> I love how, like, they're scrambling, and they get this announcement, and Lunamaria and Shin both pause to ask questions <laughs> of the mechanics who also don't know the answer. It's actually at the camera, basically. My biggest thing is that they're running towards their suits, and they're like, oh, there are a bunch of ships behind us? Let's not do the thing we were doing. Well, and Ray's in the same boat. Like, he stopped going, too. So it's like, you guys realize you're supposed to be scrambling, right? So Gladys goes into speechifying mode while they're doing this. I mean, it's really briefing mode. I mean, true. It's a good thing the Earth forces are polite enough to wait for them. I assume it's about combat distance, that they haven't gotten close enough yet. If you can see people, you can shoot at them. You could have gunned them. You could have shot at them for uh, a couple of hours at that point. Gundam doesn't know what artillery is or <laughs> targeting computers. Okay, or... that's fair. They don't know about technology we've had since the 1940s. It's because of the Anjammers. <laughs> 1940s. It's because of the Minoski particles. Which don't exist in Gundam Seed. It's because of the Anjammer Jammas. <laughs> 1940s. Radar, what's that? Anyway, I love, as Lattice is briefing everyone on the situation, like, Arthur's looking surprised and or gassed. Mayrin's just looking over at Gladys as though she's contemplating which sandwich to eat off of a plate of sandwiches. <laughs> she has, like, no expression. Well, I, again, I get the feeling that Arthur, especially rewatching this episode, it's... He's not, just really expressive. Like, we give him a lot of shit, but, like, rewatching this episode, he actually does seem to know how to do his job pretty well or else he probably wouldn't be here he's just very very expressive as opposed to everybody else which makes him seem more bumbling than he is yeah so ray and everybody are like yep i'm a wait around to be fair ray's on his like gantry yeah he's needs to be raised that's on the mechanics i think for not raising I, him up i don't really care for those but at the same time i don't have nearly as big a problem with them as i do with the uh the general concept of the impulse well, the general concept no. of the impulse and the raising and lowering of the Minerva's car. Oh, yeah, no, of, that's stupid. Of the bridge. Gantries are I fine. Mean, well, I mean, in this case, it would make sense that they would just be running around the outside of the mech and, like, you just crawl in from the gantry like the uh, the Archangel had. But um, at the same time, I could understand with this because then you wouldn't have to move the catwalk out of the way when it needed to leave. I just like uh, Gladys basically saying, 
hey, it's uh, going to get bad out there, guys. Just, you know. There are three of us. There are there are a lot of them. This is going to be rough. So we get a shot of, like, the hangar bay. And while I hate the impulse, I like the detail because you can see in the back of it, behind Lunamaria's off-model face and Brock over here on the bottom From right Pokemon. of the screen, uh, you can see the impulse's, like, equipment on the elevators that they have. For it, we've already seen them, like, raising and lowering the elevators to launch the impulse. But it's a nice touch that it's there. Yeah, it is very much a nice touch that they included it here. I really want to make Lunamaria's face from this panel the official Lunamaria emoji. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. I don't think it's actually terrible. It's just, like, weirdly off-model. It, it's weirdly off-model and kind of out of focus, which doesn't help. I love it. Anyway, Minerva's like, I'm counting on you all on you all to fight hard, take pride, and please don't die. One of the mechanics has like this expression of, oh god, we're all gonna die until a superior looks at him. He just gives him this sheepish grin, like, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know what came over me. It's the fact that we're all gonna die, probably. I really love this sequence right after that, where they show all the daggers launching. Yeah, it's really good. This, like I said, has some really, really good animation in it. Arthur has them load the launchers with Parsifal missiles because the Minerva's missile names are not nearly as good as the Archangels. They're all named after... Um, is Parsifal supposed to be Percival? I'm not like sure. I think, if I remember table. right, they're all named after um, operas or characters from operas. I think all the weapons are, but I don't know if the missiles are. I remember finding that out. I was in a uh, music appreciation class in college. Oh. I found that out and then like immediately texted Jeremy like, Hey! <laughs> this is a thing! So... I like the Minerva's turrets coming to bear because they all have iron sights on them for some reason. Yeah, in case you have to fire them manually. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> so there's like, hey, tell Shin not to go too far on his own. Have Ray and Luna just hang out on the deck. I mean, that makes gotta, sense. Yeah, we don't want to hit them. Well, and given how badly outnumbered they are. Yeah. And I think the impulse is the most mobile, See? right? At least uh, on the subtitles, we were having the discussion earlier where I she... I think she just said, we'll go with the port right before that. Well, no, right before that, she says... Uh, Shoot the ones on the left. We'll go left. Like she yeah, doesn't use for me. I'm I'm ninety percent sure. One more. I could have sworn she said left. Huh. I could have sworn that it was left. But what? Which is right. Why? Why say left? Like yeah. That stay is with good... the stay with the. Uh, I nautical. assume that's for the uh, benefit of the audience. Actually, the audience doesn't need to know exactly which direction they're going. They're going to port. Doesn't matter if you know which direction that is. I, I, I'm saying port, but I'm gesturing to starboard. Yep, I was going <laughs> to comment on that. I like. <laughs> so is this Mayron giving the order yeah. here? Okay, it's like Core Splendor, please take off. That'd be great. She's just polite. Politeness never cost you anything. I hate you, Core Splendor and Impulse Gundam. I have nothing wrong with the Core Splendor. It's fine. We do get. I think this might be the first time they're actually named uh, they're, for the. Like Gunner, Wizard, and whatnot? Yeah, the yeah, fact I, that they, the backpacks on the Zakus are called the Wizards! This is not the first time we've seen them launch with, like, this full launch sequence, but it yeah. is the first time that they've named them, to my knowledge. I also... Okay, never mind, that's a loading armor. I thought that was uh, Lunamaria's gun, just randomly glowing for some reason. I like how I love, Ray takes off dramatically and then just lands five feet. Well, I, I love that he does that, and then immediately is like, don't fall into the ocean, Lunamaria, I can't help you if you do that, and her response just... He's mean. So, this is a question. Do the mobile suits have any sort of magnetic locking? I don't know. It I, wouldn't surprise me either way. I feel like it would be very useful, especially considering how often they're in space. Anyway, Luna Maria's like, dick. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you never was like, shit, don't fall. 
<laughs> and then we cryptically get a message from the head of the Earth forces saying, let's see if Roanoke's information is accurate. Shoot them all. Ah, uh, gee, that's so many daggers. That so is a lot daggers. of daggers. They will blot out the sky with their daggers. Although here, like, they basically copy-pasted and then used, like, a paint tool to, like, shrink a few of them because they it is literally just a copy-paste of a bunch of daggers on the screen. Some of them appear to be slightly different colors. Also, I just counted in this frame, there are 19 of them visible here. Uh, there's a 20th down I the bottom that. left that just came in. <laughs> so Shin's got to fight 20 daggers while Luna and Ray help him with support fire. Oh, a hell of a lot more than that. And he just starts playing soccer. I do like that he basically just rushes at them and they break. And well, they... I mean, it makes sense. I feel like the, the common wisdom is hold the line, but... But, like, he's going out to intercept. He's there to interfere with there, basically. He was told to go out, just not to get too far. And the Minerva opens fire, and we see it is much better armed than these battleships, because it easily takes a few out. It looks like mostly the small ones, but there's at least one, like, cruiser in there. You know, Probably. if I've learned anything from playing Final Fantasy, is that you should always take out the minions first anyway. Well, I mean, that way there's less damage coming back at you, and they usually go down a bit faster. Meanwhile, we cut to Kigali on the phone, be like, Hey, where's that Yuta asshole? The military headquarters? What's he doing there? And I feel like Kigali should be smart enough to understand, like, they, he was being pretty hawkish earlier. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that he wanted to sign a treaty. And also that the Minerva's leading. I have a feeling like he wanted to meet up with her. Because land of last episode, they were talking and he's like, let me take care of everything for you. And now she's looking for him. Maybe the first time in her life she's been looking for the guy. And he's nowhere to be found. <laughs> so back to Shin, who's looking worried at all the daggers that are surrounding him. But I'm luckily cannot seem to hit him. I really like how many are flying across his field of vision, because it's overwhelming. There are so many of them. And they're going every direction. It's not like, it's just like ever, all of them are going in the same direction. He keeps getting them from the right, the left, the bottom, the top. And he picks a few off, but he's still overwhelmed. We cut back to the Minerva, and Gladys is like, ah, maybe don't get hit? Ray uses his missile pack. He's only got one of those. But one of the daggers still gets off some torpedoes. I mean, it's a recycled shot, but I do kind of like the shot where it keeps slashing to the, the miniguns. We see Marin get knocked on top of her console, but yeah, I keep liking the shot they go back to with the uh, miniguns firing because it's, it's, nice. it's cool. Yeah. The animation in the show, I don't think we've really stressed this enough. The fight animation in this show is really good. So one thing I do find a little awkward, Gundam Seed, until we get to the freedom and the justice, none of the mobile suits flew. And the thing about flying mobile suits is they're easier to animate, but they also frequently look awkward. And they do a lot of stuff here by having the impulse like jut up and down to make it look like it's thrusting to help with that. But there are a few shots that look like the impulse is just lazing through the atmosphere <laughs> towards something. Yeah. I think I had a problem with this shot in particular, where he rushes through and slices a dagger in half. Never mind. I'm thinking about a later scene. That's actually a really cool shot. He slices the dagger in half, turns around to a ring edge. And it flashes to Kira standing on a beach looking sad. He looks determined sad, at least. And Lacus is like, hey, Kira. Thanks for joining me on my photo shoot for my new album. Something wrong? Yeah, I'm out of weed. <laughs> and he's like, someone's crying again. She's like, what? <laughs> and, huh? <laughs> and then we get some really cool shots superimposed over the waves of all the people fighting. I'm not sure if this is supposed to imply new type things or if it's just an artsy shot. The thing that makes me think it might be a new type thing is because, like, there's shots that we haven't actually seen in the 
Yeah, that the shot of Mayrin turning around like that, I think, was yeah, new. We haven't seen those in the actual fight yet. I'm pretty sure they're all recycled from somewhere already, but not here yet. The series is just still being subtle with Kira's new typeness that will eventually go by the wayside. He's like, I wonder why. Why again? And my immediate response is, yeah, I have that same question. Why are you still here? Look, he's going to try to be important soon. He spent a lot of energy trying to end the war, and then he did. And he's like, damn it. There was like two whole months. Come on. Two years. And then we get the eye catch after their L'Oreal Beach commercial is done. This is a different commercial. They're him. <laughs> they're, they're strangely Lovecraftian hair commercial where they're <laughs> just staring at the abyss, contemplating their mortality and washing their hair. In case you haven't been able to tell, I really like the Zamzaza. It's so dumb, and it's got little claws on the arms on the underside. Thanks for tuning in with us this week on this, a free radio show on the internet, so tuning doesn't really mean anything anymore. I'm obviously a little sur-crazy right now, because I've been, like, sitting in my study for way too long, but to date this episode... I got new Animal Crossing, so I'm not completely isolated because I have fabricated facsimiles of anthropomorphized animals to hang out with. I'm sure that's healthy. Hey, really quick, if you're liking the show and stuff, consider tossing some money at our Patreon. Now would be an excellent time to do that, especially if you're interested in seeing some fun Let's Plays or something. We have a lot of ideas for bonus content, and I think currently, due to National Disease Month, we also have a lot of time to get together and maybe make some of that happen, although we are trying to also isolate ourselves at the same time, so yeah, kind of a toss-up. I'm sure we can work something out if we need to. Also, as usual, go ahead and, like, rate us well on the various podcast aggregators through which you listen to us. It helps a surprising amount and gets more people listening to the show, which means there are more people to talk about the show with, which is cool. Other than that, I don't really have anything, but I don't know. Just to see if anyone's listening to these, let me know what your favorite fruit in Animal Crossing is. I don't even know how many of you people play that, but it would be interesting to find out. All right, back to giant crab fights. Anyway, we cut back to the Earth forces launching just an absurd number of missiles at the Minerva. I do like how like it flashes back to the Minerva as it gets hit, and it's just billowing smoke. I like how they're like, oh, missiles, like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, try to shoot them down or get out of the way, I guess. We do get some very Archangel shots of missiles being shot I'm down. pretty sure that was just recycled. They just put the Minerva instead of the Archangel there. Is this the shot you were thinking of? Yeah, so we see uh, Shin and the Impulse slash through a dagger and then immediately turn around and slash through another dagger from the exact opposite angle. Like, how, how does momentum work? I think it's supposed work? to be a cut there to make it be, like, two, but it just... It yeah, looks like fast. it's like he did a U, he flipped a bitch and went back the other direction. Yeah. I agree with Jeremy though on rewatch. I think it was a cut. It was just not a super clear cut, but it's a very jarring one nonetheless. So they're shooting off even more daggers, and there's still just a sky full I, of them. I so love many. this shot because you've got Lunamaria Zaku in the foreground with its big cannon, and there's just this like wall of daggers. 
in the air around or in front of her. And it's just such a cool shot. That's the kind of thing you'd see in one of those series where it's like one versus many type of thing, like the badass swordsman against an army. Yeah, I really like it. It does kind of speak to in Seed, the especially the first half of Seed. It was very manageable numbers. Kira was always outnumbered, but it was like eight on one was a ridiculous shift. It changed t- sort of near the end when they got their nuclear powered Gundams, but it was still not usually uh, shown as a threat at it that is, point. It's clear scale has yeah. jumped considerably here. Yes. I mean, both sides are build- building up armaments during the ceasefire. Yeah, but just narratively speaking, this is three on infinity. <laughs> Whereas it, it pretty much is. Yeah. It makes me wonder how exactly they managed to produce this many. Uh, my question is, why did they bring this many? They knew they were only going after one ship. Right? But they also but they knew it had main characters on it. Uh, and it's also, I think, canonically the heaviest armed ship in existence right now. Okay. Uh, do they say whether or not it's more heavily armed than the Archangel class? It's got newer technology, so I assume it is, but it does not ever say. I mean, spoilers, we're going to see. Well, just be- <laughs> it's a weird thing because... They're definitely comparable. Also, no one knows the Archangel is still around, Zach. Well, no, I mean, the, oh, the, Archangel, the Archangel class... Still around? The Archangel class ships. Sure, I don't, but we haven't seen any of them. Yeah, I was just thinking, because, like... What is the class of Archangel? It is the, the Archangel Arch- class. Yeah, so it's named d- after the first ship of the line. Okay. Gotcha. That is also pretty common in reality, too. Gotcha. Uh, also, Ludabaria is just... This is ridiculous. She should, on, she should be on the show with us. <laughs> she should be. She's just commenting on how ridiculous this is. And Ray's like, hey, we don't have time to talk. No I can shooting. talk and shoot. So we cut to the Earth's flagship where Captain Binoculars is like, well, it's pretty good. I, We've shot so many missiles at it, and it's just kind of smooth. I know this is an accident of the subtitles, but at the top of the screen, it has Earth Force's flagship. And then at the bottom of the screen, it has Earth Force's flagship. And it's just because, I, I don't know why they have that, but there's the one, one of them I think is from there. And the other one is overlaid over the Japanese text for it. So I think that's just one of those situations where somebody accidentally put it twice. Yeah. And he's like, where's my Zamzaza? I need a Zamzaza. That's a thing. Why is it called a Zamzaza? That is such a dumb name. We can't get an effective demonstration if we just send it out to murder them at the end. Okay, so I will point out, um, and I don't know that I ever told you guys, so we were making fun of the Magsaysay. I I think that was what it was called. And it turns out he was the seventh president of the Philippines, so I'm going to look up what a Zamzaza is really quick. And I need to see how to spell it. A Zamzaza. I think it was Mag Say was the one we were making fun of. Yeah, and it turns out he was a beloved leader of the Philippines. So, still kind of out of place because most of the other ones sounded Western. I don't remember what they were, but like uh, English type names. So it's just out of place. It sounds like a Zagok or something they would have had in Gundam, the original, but that's kind of it. Yep, nope, it has. Okay, it's just whatever it is. It doesn't even explain what the hell it is. I kind of like the Zamzaza. It's got a big Gundam problem where it's a unit that has three pilots. And it begs the question, why do they make bipedal humanoid robots when they can make these? Which isn't a question I want to be asking in my Gundam. Especially when this captain right up says, I believe things like this will actually be the future of the war and not robots that look like dudes. I justified it through the lens of tanks. Yeah, and as the way I heard it, like building a heavy tank is not that difficult. You just add more of everything, more gun, more armor, but it's not really worth it because it's so much more expensive to produce one versus many. Yeah, that's what I was thinking is that numbers often outweigh single big units. Quantity has a quality all its own. Exactly. 
Uh, I do like the way he phrases this. I may be a little biased, but I think from now on, it's going to be mobile armors. Mobile armors are in the future. Also, my father owns a mobile armor manufacturing company. Also, I guess I don't like it's way more interesting to have single pilot mobile suits. I feel like every mobile suit is so complex. They should have eight pilots and two gunners. Well, so this one definitely does have a lot more of a uh, of a tank feel because like it doesn't have a loader, but it, it gives off the feeling like it's got a pilot, a commander and a gunner type of situation. So he mentions that they're a lot better than the insect like imitations of zapped machines. And what is he referring to anything in particular? I, I get the, the feeling. I, I get the feeling when he says insect like uh, in they're puny, probably a combination of that as well as the swarm because they have a ton of them. And clearly they're not that good. So they launched the Zamzazad. Do you want to describe this thing, Tyler? It is an adorable crab monster with a head frill, and I love this thing so much. Actually, so it looks like uh, Imperfect Form Cell. <laughs> um, yes. But just his head, and then they gave him some crab claws right next to his head. I, I think that is pretty much what this thing is. Yeah, yeah, you're I was right. joking about it being a crab, but it... It'll sprout some claws soon, and I I just love this thing. Anyway, the crew of the Minerva's like, a mobile armor? That thing's huge. Gladys is like, hey, if that thing gets us, we're done. Shoot the big gun. Which, like, this kind of makes sense to me, but at the same time, like, Gladys doesn't know what this thing can do, so she doesn't know it can get a hold of them at all. To be fair, it is a giant ship they're launching at them. I would also just shoot it. That is also my course of action. And he's like, yeah, just t- we'll take out the fleet with it and we'll go right through. And Arthur's like, um, okay, Tannhauser. That that does reinforce uh, somebody, I don't remember who, which one of us it was. It wasn't me as to, like, why you wouldn't normally fire the Lohengrin or, in this case, the Tannhauser, like, main battle cannon type of situation in atmosphere because it might do something. Because Arthur's reaction is so shocked that she's planning on using this thing. Yeah, I was going to ask why they didn't just fire this earlier if they're going to try to break through the fleet with it. Yeah, I think it is because... Maru didn't want to use it in atmosphere because of the basically pollutant factor. Okay. And I think Gladys is just more willing to use it if she needs it, which she does here. That's right. Gladys seems to be a much more practical captain overall yeah. than Maru She's was. kind of like a cross between Maru and Atarl. Like, she's not on either extreme. She's which much more balanced. Arthur maybe a little extraneous. I kind of like Arthur, actually. I mean, I like him. He doesn't really serve a character point thus far. Like, he's just there. Eh... He's there as almost comic relief, except he's never actually comic relief. I don't know if it means anything, because Positron doesn't mean anything to me, but I'm also not, like, a physics guy. Does it mean anything to you, Tyler? Yeah, Positron is a particular type of particle. It's basically like, so you know, actually, later in this, okay, we'll get there. Uh, Yes, it is a thing. Also, what it means to me is the low-end grin was a Positron cannon. Yes. Well, I guess that. I was just wondering if the, like, if there was anything on it that specifically stated, like, using positron particles or something like that would pollute the area. But anyway, on the Zombs' other, they're like, ah, oh, yeah, they activated our trap card. Prepare our positron deflector. So the Zombs' off like, puts its face up. I do like the way it rotates to be, like, To bring the shield in way? Yeah. I thought I was actually going to say, like, what is this, the slave one? And then it uses a giant-ass shield. We actually get to see the three pilots inside, like, weathering the storm. Well, because it is still a massive thing, and it's mostly, like, light coming in through the monitors and everything, and you can see sparks. I, th- I really like that effect. I, I was... like that they get physically pushed back past one of the battleships, and that one then explodes. I feel like this might have also been the first time it's really been under fire test. So these guys went out um, for 
What all they knew was a suicide mission, I get, and then I, they lived. I feel more along the lines of, like, it has been tested against something like this before, which is why they're willing to use it. But this, but this is definitely is the, like first the first field off, Yeah, this right? is the first field test for this thing. I should play more Super Robot Wars. You should. There's this really cool shot of the water exploding and uh, basically raining back down on Ray Zaku, as it, well as Luna's. It is a Manila. very cool shot. Like, well, the, we get a close-up of Ray Zaku with just the water pouring off of it. And also Ray's face, and this is maybe the most expressive I've seen him in a long time. Well, we also get we get a spla- uh, slash screen between his and Luna's face, and Chin jumps in there. Everyone is just shocked that this thing is still alive. I just find it most notable on Ray because he's very rarely anything, so... I like Ray a lot. So we actually. get a quick pan shot of the Earth Force's fleet, and oh no, it's still alive. And she's like, "Um, we boned, I think." <laughs> and Gladys is like, "Um, go port, more port." And Martha's <laughs> like, "What do we do about the thing?" I'm just like, "I don't know. Help, Help me, me think of something." <laughs> <laughs> and presumably, their uh, their helmsman is Malik. Yeah, it's like Malik, dodge, get Shin back here, Marin. The thing is like booking towards them. The main guns. Yeah, so it's got, like, little them. pivot arms that also have turrets that pivot on top of the pivot arms. Uh, although they can only go up and down and the arms can go side to side. Shin goes in for a full frontal assault and diverts the Zamzaza. Man, that is hard to say fast. And here's where I'm talking about where, I'm like, the impulse just looks awkward when it does that turn. Yeah, it really does. And, and then the captain of the Zamzaza... Well, I love this because he's like, extend claws. And the guy is like, extending claws! <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. That's why every ba- mobile art uh, have multiple pilots. It's so good because the little stupid arms on the underside have claws, and on the top side, it's got guns. It's oh, I love this thing so much. <laughs> it is crazy. And also, they're heat claws because why not? Well, I mean, yeah, it's got to cut through armor, which makes Shin back off. He's like, "I'm gonna pinch you. I'm gonna wreck you. <laughs> I'm gonna wreck oh. it." <laughs> but Shin is luckily more maneuverable. It apparently has positron cannons of its own. Those are not positron cannons. Those are ones like uh, the Freedom has or like the big Zaku cannon, which is, I believe, an Agni. Um, it's like it's better than a regular beam rifle. It's not as good as it's a, just weird because it's animated the same way as the positron cannons are. They're a little different. It, they're not as wide, but they are pretty similar. Anyway, cut back to or military HQ or units like, oh, wow. Good thing we allied up with them. They've got a cool crab. <laughs> I love yeah, crab. And Kigali comes on and is like, what the hell are you doing? And everyone salutes her. So I guess she's high enough rank for that. And she's like, a battle. And he's like, yeah, the Minerva's fighting right outside Orb's waters. Don't worry, though. I already sent a bunch of guys to guard it. We're safe here. You should pet me. <laughs> Heavy or light. What a drag. Okay. And she's like, hey, you're not going to let the Minerva back in? It's like, yeah, that's the rules of Orb, right? I care about them now that they're convenient to me. We're neutral as shit. Until we sign an alliance in a week. Yeah, and he's just like, yeah, we're going to join them. Therefore, a bad guy ship shouldn't be here. This is basically like a sweetening the deal sort of thing. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's offering the Minerva up as a basically a gift. Yeah, he even said he called them. It was like, hey, the Minerva's leaving. You should hang out. We get a shot of like a dagger going Skipping down, off the water. and it hits. The, it's a really well animated shot because like hit hits the water and tumbles, and it doesn't just immediately explode. And we come back to Kigali yelling at Yuna, and man, I love his smug face. He's very smug. Where he's like, "Hey, it's a Zaf ship. The enemy of our friend is our enemy." I mean, that's kind of how that goes, but man, I want to punch him. So the, the Zamzaza gets shield just works against all beam weapons, apparently. Yeah, and I think that makes sense. It does. 
vaguely guessing how beam weapons work in this universe. Although, my problem is it's firing its own beam weapons. Although, if you well, notice, if you look... they're below, they're on the underside, and the shield's on the top. Yeah, so it's actually oh, okay. firing underneath it. Gotcha. We also see the old power meter from the very, strike yep. on the impulse. In the very early part. Low. And Gladys is just getting more and more, like, notifications. I love this shot. Luna Maria is like, hey, Ray, pay attention. But she actually turns her entire mobile suit around to talk to him. I'm like, you have a radio. I think he's, she's turning towards the, the threat. The daggers that are coming. And I love that okay. we I, see the Zaku that Ray's piloting reload. And it's got the drum, like, from the Zaku machine gun. But it's like a beam battery. And it's kept in the shield. It looks so I, good. I nice. love the shot of it reloading. Because we never, like, really see that in Gundam. Where I just they're noticed he's got it. a spare in there, too. Yeah, he's got yeah. another one. That's some attention to detail, guys. Luna gets a kill, yay! Yeah, man, that was a good shot, too. I think she's officially got more than Kigali. So the Minerva is headed back towards the orb order, and Yuna's like, hey, nope, you shoot at that thing and issue a warning. And then if they don't stop, blow it up. And Kigali's like, hey, don't. And he's like, hey, this nation isn't your toy. Also, it's mine! Look at, the, look at all those stern men down there crossing their arms at you. Stop being a little girl, you little girl. It's more dressing down with Kigali we don't need. Especially when... From what we see of most of the orb common people, they seem to be on her side. Well, and then especially we get a shot from the captain of the ship that's out there. And, like, he's a good soldier, so he's going to follow orders. But his response to this is, uh, we're going to have to, we're siding with the army that burned our nation down and shoot at the ship that, that literally saved, saved the, the planet. <laughs> and I love his line, personally, I think this is what we refer to as ingratitude. Yeah, and I personally, I think that's an understatement, CE Captain. I agree with that. I'm also pretty sure this is the same captain that helped Shin evacuate in the first episode in the flashback. I believe that. He's I'm got not, a similar face. I'm not convinced. I kind of wish it was Kisaka, if only because he never shows up in this series. Yeah, he just dropped off the face. Of, I, I assume he retired. Yep. I also like how his second in command is 100% DaCosta's cousin, Bacosta. <laughs> I really like this shot just because I happen to pause on it while he's expositing about his feelings on this matter. We see the impulse basically trying to not die. And there's just like this nice running shot of him just full on firing a beam rifle at the shield. And it just, I don't know. It's got some nice motion to it. Going back to uh, that talk out earlier about the escalation of forces, there are still some daggers. We saw Luna and Ray having to fight them. But it's very Dynasty Warriors in that now that they've sent their main unit, um, mo there's not though those daggers blotting out the sky anymore. There are just a couple of them while there's this big threat right in front of him. Yeah. And where the captain's like, eh, I'm just gonna not shoot them. Yeah, Let's go just fire Warn them and shots. fire in front of them. And one of the soldiers is like, hey, that's not what we were told to do. And he's like, I'm a bad shot. I don't know what to tell I'm, you. I'm, yeah, I'm not a politician. Like, I like that, uh, that effect because it's clear that not all of the orb military is on board with what Yuna is doing. I kind of don't like it. I like it in the moment. But like we were talking about last week, Kigali's been so defanged and so depowered that this feels really off to me. Like, this is where her support is. Why isn't it supporting her? Or, like, it would have been nice if she had gotten on the intercom and that had swayed them. Like, there were so many opportunities. Or in, in even on that side of things, somebody referencing either her or her father and that and just not, like, Issue the warning, fine, but not actually firing. So anyway, issues a formal warning to the Minerva, and he's basically like, ah, you can't come back, don't do that. And Gladys is like, well, damned if we do, damned if we don't, so let's try anyway. Well, she basically says, push our luck and force them to fire at us and use as much territory as you can. 
And Shin gets distracted by this when we see his power is dwindling even more. I do like that when he does order them to fire in front of the Minerva, he specifically tells them not to hit the ship. However, Shin doesn't interpret it that way, and then he gets crab clawed. Well, they are still shooting at them, even if they're not trying to hit them. Then he uses crab shoot and drops the impulse all the way down. I do really like how quick the power drains once he's in the claw. And then also I love that once the phase shift is done, the claw just melts right through him. It's a really nice touch, because it implies Mm -hmm. that the phase shift actually does shit. Well, I mean, yeah, in that it takes more power if it's getting hit. And then, due to the extreme G-force, Shin almost passes out. Apparently. And he has black and white flashbacks. Black, white, and red, because the blood of his family is in full color in the flashbacks. And he also has some Kigali yelling at him, and people yelling about Atherin's dad. And then he thinks of his sister, and he's like, hey, I'm not gonna go down like this. And then we see Shin go seed mode for the first time. He becomes the legendary Super Shin. Me and Jeremy were talking about that on the way down here. It feels like this is earlier, like way too early for this. But Jeremy also pointed out to me that technically Kira actually goes seed mode for the first time earlier than this. Kira does it in episode 11 of Seed, and this is episode 12 of Destiny. How many combat scenarios has Kira been in, in that, or by that like point? Like one in episode almost. Yeah, Which exactly. is the major difference, is that we haven't had a lot of time with Shin. On the other hand, this isn't a sexy new toy for us. Like, Kigali did it in her first fight, also. You mean... It wasn't Kigali. Kigali did it. Yep. And Kigali never... Did she? Yeah. Yep. At the end of Seed. In her fight. She goes into Seed mode. I don't remember that. And then Lycus does it while giving a speech to a Baku. And I do like the beat here. When you look at just this episode, I think this fight plays out really well emotionally, including this point. But like you guys are saying, we've seen barely any of Shin thus far. So it does feel kind of early. And this really, to me, feels like the first fight where Shin is the main character. That's not fair. The first fight of this series in episode two also makes it feel like Shin is the main character when he's fighting off the three druggies. Yeah. This is the first one since then. Because he's been a side character to Athrun this entire time. So I really like this next shot where the crab points all its guns freedom style at the impulse to finish it off. And he does a very good just like max thrust to get out of the way. It's got Christmas lasers. And I like how he takes charge, which is, again, a thing he did in episode two where he started giving out orders. And he's like, hey, aim the the neutron beam at me and uh, give me new legs in in the sword. Yeah, because one of my legs got ripped off. And Marin's like, uh, yeah, hey, Captain. And she's like, I don't know. Do it. <laughs> it's the best plan we got. So anyway, they're about to fire a deuterium beam at him, and I'm not sure how the hell this charges his suit. It's really dumb. It also looks dumb. Like everything else about the impulse. Like, my biggest problem with it is actually mostly that it doesn't travel at the same speed as every other beam weapon. And so, deuterium... No, never mind. That's deuterium. I don't know what a deuterion is. See, this would make I don't a lot. That's a thing. See, this would make sense, more sense to me, and be okay. Like this, including this, is like extraneous because we already know from Gundam Seed that the packs have their own power packs. Because we saw when Kira ran out of power in one of the early missions, they got him the launcher strike, and that recharged his battery. And this episode is very reminiscent of that. And so, like, just having him get the sword and new legs would be enough, but this is just like, we added more to it, and it's like, this looks really dumb, I'm sorry. I know I'm the odd man out here, but I actually kind of like this. I like that if you have to have battery-powered mobile suits, you would come up with a way to quickly recharge them in the field. 
the, I'm I okay with really that. Like I just this. really don't like the animation. Okay, you that's don't my like biggest problem. Yeah. So the impulse goes back up to full power. The three guys in the Zamzazag get to act shocked. Well, the phase shift armor comes back on, which is actually my favorite part of that. Actually, only two of the guys in the Zamzazag. The third guy's out of frame. <laughs> <laughs> so he pulls his other beam saber, and I do like that attention to detail. And he just charges right at them. So he does a Kira Yamato move and puts his shield in the way and then drops it to come out and gets above them and stabs through with his beam saber. So was this thing... Was the shield not able to block beam sabers this Apparently the time? shield wasn't turned on on the upper side Or did they waste right a now? bunch of energy firing all those shots? I interpret it as the beam saber can pierce through the shield, because beam sabers typically work differently than ranged beam weapons in this setting. It is, I like I said, I think emotionally the combat works fine, but when you just look at what's literally happening, it is a bit quick, especially from this point on, no more daggers. They are just gone. See, I wouldn't have a problem with it, the way I do, if it, if he had hit it from below, it's because he comes in from above, which yeah. is where we know the shield is. And we, we we literally just talked about it. But because it comes in from above where the shield is, like, why does this work now? Yeah, I actually would have loved a shot just of him just ripping the belly open of it. Yeah, it really feels more like the writers were like, okay, the good guy's got to win now. And just like, okay, that, that's it. He wow. wins now. Like I said, emotionally, I think it works, and for that, I'm willing to forgive it. But it is, I agree, it would be better if it was from the underside. I'm fine with the beam saber can get through the shield. That doesn't bug me at all, but I get where you're coming from. I would have actually much preferred a Shin to just have strided it in such a way that the Minerva could have shot it down. Like, combined arms. I'm into that. Anyway. Or if there have at least been a few, like, show us some more daggers. Yeah, you see, you can... You yep. can see the two on over the shoulder. I, yeah, I thought that was a jetpack. We're talking about the what the, is this one this called? This is the it's this not the, the sword, sword impulse. It's, it, it, well, it's not just, called. Yes, it is. I, it I, is just the sword. Okay, impulse. the other ones have really dumb names. So it's I the blast, remember. the force, and the sword. So he goes in the sword mode, and these are anti battleship swords. So he just lands and starts going to town. And I do like this that now that the escorts are gone, the ships are defenseless. Again, it is a little weird that the daggers have just disappeared. Yeah, the the entire like assume, legion of daggers. I assume Ray's just been doing a really good job. <laughs> I don't, and this is one of those weird things. They added the du- the double blade for Gundam Seed Destiny. I don't like the double bladed lightsaber or uh, heavy claymores that it's carrying. Even when it's only carrying them in one hand, it just looks to me dumb. They're too big. I don't mind it. It's not my favorite design, but I don't mind it. I do love him going to town, especially there's one shot. There's shocked faces everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, they're just like, one man shouldn't be able to do that. That dude is insane. In particular, there's this one shot of one of the turrets rotating to, like, try to take him on, but because of the phase shift, there are a couple different shots of it. There's one where they animate each bullet impact on the phase shift that looks amazing. And I do love that Luna's like, oh man, Shin, Ray's just like... I'm too cool for this school. He does move his mono eye, though, to stare at it, and that, I think, is hilarious. Oh, and it turns out he, on both of his shields he's got ammo packs, because yeah. we see it on the other it. side. There's probably actually one just out of frame here, because the one on the other side is way lower. So, I think the one we saw him reload came up from the higher on his right. I'd want to see a long battle and see I'd if they like, actually pay attention I'd, to that. One of the things I do like about these shots of Shin going to town is that there are a couple of shots where they make the impulse look just absolutely like demonic which is a thing you can do with gundams which is a, an amazing thing about their design they're great at looking demonic or angelic depending on how you shoot well, them it's, especially with the shading in the in the glowing eyes it looks so cool and shin looks so angry as he strikes through and then he glares over at the orb ship uh, fleet like you guys next it really does look like he's thinking he's seriously thinking about it 
one of the things I also really like is they show a bunch of um, life rafts, like as the ships are going down. And we also see Yuna and Kigali looking like they're about to crap their pants. And then we cut to Akira, who has uh, clearly recently... had some really good shit. I was going to say he got into Walfield stash. Um, he he's got a medical prescription Wait, for the chronic the, pain. The thing is, like from this shot. I mean, obviously, I'm making fun of it. But then when it zooms in, he clearly looks like kind of sadly determined. But the way it looks from the outs from farther back, he just really, it's, just, it's yep. slightly off. It's just far enough off that it looks really weird. His eyes are a little too squinty, I think, in the further away shot. Cut to the plants, where sexy Lacus Klein is oogling Atherin as he dresses up in his as he, uniform. Well, as he finishes dressing in his formal uniform. He's still a red, unlike Isaac and Diarka. Well, he's newly a red, I think. And Durendal's like, hey, take this cool medal. It's like, hey, isn't that for Faith? And he's like, yeah, but we haven't introduced them yet, and I don't want you to be in the regular rank system. Well, like he was he was a red before. Yes, he was. That's true. He's a red again, I think, is what I meant to say. Yeah. Yeah. He's been reinstated as one. And he's like, the Faith team's supposed to be like, pledge loyalty to the chairman, but I'll just let you pledge loyalty to yourself and your beliefs. That seems like it's fine. Don't believe in yourself, but do. <laughs> <laughs> You're a teenager. You have plenty of self-belief, right? If there's anything I've uh, learned from talking to you for five minutes, it's that you really believe in yourself for sure. Anyway, you it is a little weird that Mir is here with wine. them. Yeah, I was I was actually thinking that Durundle invited her specifically to give him a pep talk in case Durundle's pep talk didn't work. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a Durundle move. It is a very him move to have a backup plan, but it just it feels weird because it does, he's she's not needed. So anyway, Durandal's like, hey, uh, save the entire planet. I believe in you! This may sound like an exaggeration, but just don't help Zafter. The plants help everyone bring world peace. Be a lack Klein. Look in the mirror and see pink hair. And uh, Atherin actually seems to take this to heart, although he was kind of getting there at the end of Seed. Yeah. So. He has something to fight for again. Especially with him siding with Kira and that whole thing. And Mir's like, I'm definitely going to go write a fanfic about this. And so he's like, I'm sure you're worried about Orb, but I'd rather you go hang out with the Minerva. All the main characters are on that ship, and I built it to look just like the Archangel so it could do Archangel things. <laughs> well, it doesn't look just like the Archangel, but yeah, pretty much. It's the Savior's too red. It, it is, is very red. It, it is needs highlighting. Red. I was going to say I feel like it's a clear step down from the Justice or just based on color scheme. Yeah, I do like it more than the Aegis, but we're not nearly ranking it yet. So the episode ends with Atherin taking off in the Savior in a very similar sequence to the Freedom taking off. In the Justice, for, for that matter. True. Same launch pay, basically. And then in the HD version, we get a new ending that only lasts two episodes. Which is weird. It's like a, like a film strip shot of scenes vaguely important to the character superimposed in front of it. Although all those were Atherin while Ray was on the screen. Yeah. And then we get a bunch of Atherin shots while Atherin is on the screen. I mean, I kind of get it in that two of our three main characters are in their place now after this episode with Atherin launching in the savior and Shin having a refocusing episode, basically this entire episode and kind of spoilers. The third one's going to get there soon. So I kind of get this. I was worried that the next ending wasn't going to be in the HD version because it's my favorite Gundam ending. I might be overhyping it a bit now because <laughs> you said you really like this one and I do like it as well. But yeah, that is it for the episode. Final thoughts, Tyler? I don't know. I like this one fairly well. I th like pretty much everything about this episode except for Kigali not being able to do shit. Uh, the animation here, in my opinion, is top quality. I really do enjoy that part of it. So I have, I have a quick question based on the both the opening and the ending. Are they trying to ship Shin and Stella? 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a funny guy. Zach, final thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Good evasion. Do a burr um, uh, Yeah, like I said, uh, I think the... Um, uh, what's it called? The animation here is top quality. It's very well done. Um, I do think there are a few things they could have done better with regards to the resolution of the battle. I think that ended a little bit too fast and a little bit too conveniently. I mean, there are a couple things they could have done to just make it slightly more believable. I'm okay to give it to them in the name of expedience. Frankly, it's a much-needed character moment for Shin, because oh, my god. God, yes. We desperately need this episode for Shin. Ah, I think we're probably going to do a How We Would Fix Destiny episode between Destiny and whatever we do next. Maybe that's, that's a, a, bit, a bit of hubris. But one thing I want to start with is talking about how it's a little quick to put Shin into seed mode here. The way I would fix that, honestly, is have him be more respectful towards Kigali when the Minerva is leaving and have him gain a respect for Orb in being there and working with Atherin and make him see this as a betrayal and have this be a regression for Shin. And have him go from starting to move on to hating Orb again in this moment. And then I think the emotional beat works a lot better. That and then I think the seed mode is more justified. That because, would make a lot more sense. Because as it is, it's just, I don't want to die. I don't want to. And, then, and it makes it more of a character arc moment. It is a regression instead of a progression of his character. But I think that works. Well, it also would make a lot more sense because here it's just like, especially because we haven't been seeing enough of Shin for this to really feel like a uh, a progression. It feels more like, okay, we got to make this guy to be on the same level as Atherin and Kira, our previous main characters. So we're just going to give him this power boost. And I don't really mind that, but I do like how Shin is a competent pilot from the start. The thing he has over Kira is that he's a trained pilot. Yeah, and formal th- training. And the thing he has over Atherin is he trained to use his machine. That's why we, in this episode we even see that. He comes up with a plan that only the Impulse could pull off and does the orders for it. And then he pulls it off. Whereas Kira is master improviser and Atherin is just a uh, generalist. Yeah. So do you have a high point, Tyler? Oh, man. Um, can I just say the Zamsa's, uh Sure. Just the like, just the fact that it exists. I love that thing so much. It's stupid little heat claws. They're so good. Zach, high point. Uh, I have to go with the like. Honestly, the reload from uh, Ray. I really like that attention to detail. Yeah, there's a lot of very highly specific shots in this episode. I, I think I just, just like. the the attention to detail in this episode is probably my high point. Yeah, as a generalist, that's really good. The shot that really stands out to me is Shin dodging the lasers right when he goes into seed mode. So I guess I'm going to take like Shin's like arc, even though I just said how I would make it better. Shin desperately needed this beat in the story. And I really do. Like I said, even though I have problems with the episode, the emotional arc of the fight, I think, works. And I think that's the more important thing. But when that starts to break down later in Destiny is where you see all the other corners they're cutting. Makes sense. Low point, Tyler? Oh, man. Um, there aren't a ton of them. Um, I'm trying... I feel like the Kira scenes could have been, I guess, spliced together. Like, getting two separate scenes that are basically the same emotional beat for him, I think, is a little bit... What do you mean two? We've had this emotional beat for him since he entered the series. That's fair, but, uh, like, I I feel like... I I, get what you're getting at. I feel like he's coming to a resolution, and I feel like the two scenes of him, like, saying, uh, stuff's happening, and, uh, I guess I have to do something about it. It could have been the same scene. Zach, low point? I probably have to give it to, uh, probably have to go with just Yuna, 
being just generally. Well, the thing is, like, again, it's it's another instance of like putting Kigali down, which we really didn't need again because we basically just had an entire episode episode dedicated to doing that. So, I I would be okay with this if it had the resolution of, and I know it doesn't. Her deciding to behave more logically in the future at some point to her own detriment and then realizing that she needs to come to a balance of like emotion and logic would be nice. Well, like make it a character arc. Yeah, actually make it a character arc. It's not going to happen. I'm pretty sure. But I'm going to go with, hey, where did all those daggers go? The Minerva fired a bunch of guns. Remember my attention to detail? (laughs) Yeah, that is one place where they dropped the ball. No, they dropped all the daggers into the ocean. All right, I got to go home and sleep so I can work tomorrow. So let's put the Zamzaza on our list. Is it a Cthulian abomination now that it is sunk into the ocean? No. And by that, I meant Cthonian. So the place that strikes me, if you'll pardon the pun, to start, do we think it's as good as the sword strike? And I think the reason I bring that up is the claws really remind me of that big uh, sword it's got. I don't think so. As much as I love the unique design, I don't think it's as good as the sword strike. I like the tank effect with having a crew, but I don't think it's as good as the sword strike. So our big mobile armor on here is the Mobius Zero. Do we think it's as good as that? I prefer this at the Mobius. Oh man, it's the hard. Mobius Zero. Specifically. I think the Mobius. I like the Mobius Zero's design a lot, but I think the reason why I like the design of the Mobius, or I like the design of funnels. I think the reason why I like the Mobius Zero so much is not so much the design as it is its pilot. So yeah, I, mean, I think Mobius I might have to go with the Zamzaza as well. So speaking of that, how does it compare to the Skygrasper? I like the Skygrasper a lot. The aircraft effect, I, I think I like the Skygrasper more. Uh, you know where I'm leaning on this. Crabs yeah. all the way. Um, So going up quite a bit. Well, how do we hey, think it- Well, hey, hey, you'd never wait in. You just waited implicitly. Uh, I, I think I agree. I, the Skygrasper is okay. cool, but... To be fair, I would not buy a bottle of the Zamzaza, and I do have a model of the Skygrasper. But how do we think it compares to the Ale Strike? I don't want to put it above the Ale Strike personally, because the Ale Strike is not my favorite Gundam, obviously, but that is like a good Gundam to me. So I would put it below. I probably would too, even though it's like the generic. That said, it's not as generic as the Duel, which is kind of just the Gundam. So I prefer the Zamzaza slightly, but I'm already outmatched. So another multi-seater we have is the Legao. How do we think it compares to that? I very much prefer the Legao. Right below the Legao, we have the Astray. The Astray is really cool. Yeah, the Astray is pretty damn good. I might prefer the Astray, actually. Uh, I probably do, too. And right below the Astray is the Providence with its funnels. Yeah, the Providence is also, like, it looks dumb, but also it looks rad at the same time. I really don't like the Providence. Like I said, the Providence really grew on me on our rewatch of Seed, so I want to put the Providence above. And I think I just liked it more than either of you did in the first place. I no, um, I don't like the Providence. This is a toss-up for me, but I think I'm going to give it to the Providence. So the final question, is it better or worse than the Strike Rouge? Which is Pink Strike. Pretty uh, much. No, I don't I don't think so. Don't think so what? I don't think it's as good as the Strike Rouge. Okay. Um, I think I prefer Crabbot to the Strike Rouge. Uh, that said, it's Pink Strike. Ah, I, I think I'm still going to give it to Crab. It's really tough for me. There's something about the Strike Rouge I don't like, and I've never been able to put my finger on it's what it is exactly. It's not quite the right shade of pink. And that might be it, honestly. I don't know. But yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Zamzaza. So it's going to make number 17 above the Strike Rouge and below the Providence. And that will do it for this week's episode of Destiny. So join us next week when we will be watching Phase 13, Resurrected Wings. 
Tyler, you got a guess on what's going to happen next week? Some wings are going to get resurrected in the form of a Kirabot. Can we just act? Can Birdie pilot a mobile suit? Well, at least he didn't get it right. I mean, he didn't guess that Hero Yui from Gundam Wing shows up. Or the Wings Zero Customs, specifically. Exactly. <laughs> so, Build Redivers just had a, just in a background shot, a Freedom with the Wing Zero Customs wings in blue. I'm fly cool. by. I'm I that. did not look as good as I wanted it to. Oh, In my head, it looks pretty I good. I don't like the Wing Zero Custom. It's dumb? It's really grown on me as I've gotten older. I think it's just its color scheme that I really like more than the standard Wing Zero. Maybe. At the end of the I, day. Don't, I don't know. But anyway, join us next week when someone's going to get some wings. Until then, we have to keep watching. It is our destiny.